صباح الخير جود مورنينج دي ليسنرز يو ليسنينج تو راديو 3 سي ار اون 855 اي Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English-language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Bringing you the news and views and the untold side of the Palestinian struggle for freedom from a Palestinian perspective. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Palestine Remembered. A special plug for last week's show with Dr. Salman Abu Sitta. Make sure you get along to wherever you get your podcasts and download Palestine Remembered from last week. Dr. Salman Abu Sitta, a truly exceptional episode and something you should listen to and share with your friends. So Dr. Salman Abu Sitta, go to wherever you get your podcasts from. You can go to the 3CR website and look at Palestine Remembered or any of the other podcast services, just type in Palestine Remembered and you'll be able to download that episode. If you don't have anything on tonight, join me and my family and see Amr Zahir live in Melbourne tonight at the Athenaeum. Amr Zahir is a fantastic Palestinian comedian. He's performing live, all funds going to Olive Kids, tonight at the Athenaeum in Collins Street starting 7pm sharp. You can get tickets at ticketmaster.com.au. That's ticketmaster.com.au. We'll have some tickets for sale at the door as well. So there's a few tickets left. That's Amr Zahar tonight, the 4th of March, 7pm at the Athenaeum in Collins Street in Melbourne. Join my family and I for what will be a fantastic night, starting at 7pm sharp. This past week, Palestine experienced what can only be described as a pogrom. I don't like using Nazi imagery. It doesn't help our cause. It's inaccurate. It's not factual. And in fact, diminishes what's happening to us in Palestine. It also hurts our Jewish allies. But this week, the only description for what happened in Hawara is a pogrom. A pogrom is a violent riot incited with the aim of massacring or expelling an ethnic or religious group. Based on this definition, there can be no other word that more aptly describes what happened in Hawara this past week. It's not just me saying so, it's Israelis, it's Zionists, it's that bastion of liberal Zionism, the Jerusalem Post, even called it a pogrom. Into what would have been Monday morning, our time, hundreds of Israeli settlers descended on to a Palestinian town near Nablus in the West Bank called Hawara. They assaulted Palestinian civilians, they shot one man dead, they set dozens of buildings on fire, as well as cars. And this rampage occurred in the most militarised territory in the world. Yet as far as the Israeli army was concerned, nothing was happening. They stood by and watched as what could have turned into one of the most abhorrent massacres seen by Palestinians for many years. They just stood by and watched. This was eerily similar to what Palestinians experienced in 1982 in Lebanon in the Palestinian refugee camps of Sabra and Shatila, when the Israeli-backed Lebanese phalangists were allowed to commit the most terrible massacres there. Thankfully, there was no massacre at Hawara, 
but that's not how things would turn out in Sabra and Chatilla. If the rioters had wanted to massacre the population, no one would have stopped them, as no one stopped the phalangists in Sabra and Chatilla. No one would have stopped them in Hawara. Let's be clear, the Shin Bet, the military, the border police all knew what was going on. Four or five hundred people can't descend on a village armed with chains and sticks and mallets and petrol, uh, chanting uh, things like death to Arabs and sluts and giving the fingers and honking horns, that this all can't happen under your eye and nothing can be done to stop it. It's absurd to suggest that they weren't able to or couldn't, but in fact allowed it to happen. Say allowed it to happen because as we know, this Israeli government is more reactionary, more reactionary than any government before. Benjamin Netanyahu now presides over an openly fascist government. In fact, his far-right minister, Bezalel Smotrich, who's a very senior minister, he is the Minister for Finance and also Minister in the Defence Ministry, who's in charge of civilian affairs in the West Bank. Only a couple of days ago, he tweeted, Hawara needs to be wiped out and the State of Israel should do it. Hawara needs to be wiped out and the State of Israel should do it. This is a minister in the Israeli government. This is a guy who's about to travel to the United States to do a fundraiser. Have no doubts, no equivocation. If this guy wanted to come to Australia, we'd welcome him and say that Israel is our friend. It's way past time for Australia to distance itself from the apartheid Israeli regime and from apartheid Israel for us to boycott, divest and sanction this rogue state. Back to Hawara, you can't imagine anything happening in the Palestinian West Bank without the Israelis knowing about it. And now we're hearing from around the world, return to calm, we need things to return to calm, as if occupation isn't 24-7, 365 violence. I can't occupy your home in a benevolent way. Occupation in and of itself is violent. Return to calm is a euphemism for we're okay with one Palestinian a day dying. Don't clog up our Western media with too much Palestinian death. We've spoken recently about the formation of this government, Netanyahu's most recent cabinet, but it's getting worse. His cabinet, his government is filled with the most far-right ultra-nationalist settlers that you can imagine. They're kingmakers. They're in the cabinet. They're intent on increasing demolitions of Palestinian homes, on expanding settlement activity. And it's also leading to a very vindictive, heavy-handed and spiteful policy against all Palestinians, whether they're in Gaza, whether they're prisoners, whether they're in Jerusalem or the West Bank. A recent example of this is Israel Parliament's enactment of a law with an overwhelming majority that empowers the Interior Minister to revoke the Israeli citizenship or residence, residency status of political prisoners convicted of terror offences who receive aid from the PA. Listeners, you couldn't even make this up. The Israeli National Security Minister, who's leading the campaign, who's in charge of this, was convicted in 2007 in an Israeli court of incitement to racism and supporting a terrorist organisation. Itmar Ben-Gvir is that member of the Knesset. 
this piece of work has been found guilty of terrorism by Israel. You can imagine how high that bar is for a Jewish person to be convicted of terrorism in Israel. He's now in charge of what's happening to Palestinians. The clearest example, the clearest example came this week. An agreement struck between the coalition and the finance minister received broad responsibilities over civilian matters relating to settlements in the West Bank. There's a reason this is significant because the West Bank is occupied and it's supposed to be under military administration. This new arrangement normalizes the settlers' status in relation to Israeli state authorities. They will be treated as if they were ordinary citizens. They always have been, but this is now legalized. Now, whilst this doesn't actually amount to an annexation, which uh, Israel did on, on the Golan Heights and East Jerusalem, the impact on Palestinians is the same. There are West Bank settlers now who sit on the Supreme Court, they're in Parliament, they're in government, and they're seeking to consolidate this Jewish supremacy over all of Palestine and the Palestinians. And this cabinet is just absolutely accelerating the process of the complete colonization of Palestine. Slowly but surely, it's eradicating the smokestream of some sort of temporary military occupation that Zionist apologists have said it's only temporary. Anybody who's been to Palestine, to the West Bank, to Jerusalem can see that there is no temporary military occupation. This is the longest military occupation since the Second World War. It's not temporary. Israel rules over all of the Palestinians from the river to the sea, does not grant them equal rights, denies millions of them the right to vote, denies my right, my children's right to return, and Jewish citizens are systematically privileged over every single Palestinian. It's not unheard of now to hear in the Knesset and in, in street rallies for Israelis to be calling for a second Nakba. It's become part of the mainstream discourse in Israel. Do you know what's frustrating for Palestinians? Is with all that happening, all we hear from the West is a return to calm. We're looking for a return to calm. We want to go back to negotiations as if occupation and colonial annexation and pogroms and sieges and denial of rights and abrogation of international law as if Palestinians are just supposed to go back to everything is normal. In Europe, we know Palestinians don't expect to be Ukrainian. It'd be too much to ask, but we'd love to just get a little bit Ukrainian. In Europe, we saw how swift and unconditional the international mobilization was, how we lionize Ukrainian resistance and were against Russian occupation. Well, Palestinians too need to be supported in their right to resist to achieve their rights. Instead of returning or asking for a return to the status quo, what needs to happen is a reimagining in the West. Palestinians are sick of being told to go back to the negotiating table as if we could negotiate with somebody, as Ghassan Kanafeni said, a negotiation between the sword and the throat. As if we can negotiate with an oppressive, racist, apartheid, settler-colonialist entity that seeks all of the land with none of the Palestinians in it. It's time for a reimagining. It's time for countries of goodwill to stand up for Palestine as they have for the Ukrainians, to boycott, divest and sanction the apartheid state of Israel. Next up, Fayrouz, Anala and Serki, Ya Palestine, 
Palestine I Won't Forget You by Fadels, one of Dad's favourite songs. Stay tuned and we'll be back right after this song. I won't forget you, Palestine, by Fayrouz. Don't forget to come along tonight to see Amr Zahir. Tickets at ticketmaster.com.au or at the Athenaeum, 7 o'clock sharp. If you can't get a ticket online, come around 6.30, quarter past 6. I'm sure we'll be able to get you a seat. Join my family and I to see Palestinian-American comedian Amr Zahir tonight at the Athenaeum in Collins Street. Show starts at 7. Get along at about 6.30 if you want to grab a ticket. Hope to see you there. If it wasn't enough that Israel's committing a pogrom in Palestine in the West Bank, this past week has seen the most amazing concoction of voices assembled to silence Palestine and the Palestinians. It's unacceptable for the powers that be that Palestinians might get the opportunity 
to speak their truth. Because you know who's scared of truth? Liars are scared of truth. And the Zionists have been selling a lie for many years. And they've gone out of their way to silence Palestinians, to deplatform Palestinians, to accuse us of all sorts of heinous things, most notably amongst them of being anti-Semites. We know what the Israelis did in Hawara. Did that get any airtime, any media, any coverage? Just some scatterings. But we know absolutely the attack that has happened on Muhammad al-Kurd, on Susanna Abu al-Hawa, as they have tried to come to the Adelaide Writers' Festival. First, we had the Premier distancing himself, we had the opposition scoring cheap political points, always at the expense of Palestinians, about platforming anti-Semites, as if Palestinians only care that the people who stole their homes, that killed their kids, that occupy and colonize their lands, that lay two million people in siege, that the only reason we care is because they celebrate God on Saturday and they're Jewish. Because if a Buddhist or a Sikh or a Christian did it to us, we'd be okay with that because we only hate Jews for what they did to us. It's got nothing to do with Judaism. It's to do with settler colonialism. And it's in that space that we've seen the entire media establishment collude to slander Palestinians and to dismiss them from speaking at the Adelaide Writers Week. They've not spoken about the state-sanctioned violence against Palestinians, of course. That's perfectly acceptable. Well, the reality for Palestinians is we're past the point of expecting empathy from these people. So please, speak up, talk out, speak up for Palestinians. We need you so desperately. A special thank you and piss off to PwC and Minta Allison who withdrew their support for Adelaide Writer Festival because they were platforming Palestinians. Good riddance to them. Nothing special from these people. I mean, they've got deplorable internal cultures permeates throughout these institutions. So it's zero surprise that they also hate Palestinians. Let's be clear. It's not Palestinians' job to placate anyone. It's not Palestinians' jobs to reassure people who might be concerned over language. Palestinians are getting killed. If you've got the problem with the language, how about you have a problem with what's actually happening to Palestinians? You know, Palestinians learn very early that nothing we say is ever going to be acceptable to these people. They just want to see us go away and disappear. They ban, want to ban the call from the river to the sea and they want to free Palestine makes them feel anxious. That gives them traumatic flashbacks. We had a hospital in the United Kingdom forced to withdraw some pottery from children in Gaza because it made some Jewish patients feel anxious. The whole point of this is to limit the ability of Palestinians to narrate our dispossession, to express our anger. And I mean, if it upsets you, imagine how we feel. We're the ones getting killed. Now, if you've been reading any of the media, the only narrative you've been given, the only platform has been given, has been to Jewish and Zionist and Jewish and Zionist adjacent voices. Far be it from any of these newspapers to give or to platform any Palestinians. On top of all of that, on top of Minter Allison and PwC withdrawing their support, on top of the Premier 
um, saying he's not going to attend. On top of the opposition leader in South Australia saying that the government should be withdrawing their funds. As if all of that is not enough. Every visa was approved for every international participant, bar the Palestinians. The average time frame for a visa to be approved for the Adelaide Writers' Festival was around three days for every other international guest. For the Palestinians, it was only approved on Wednesday, with some of them flying out Thursday and Friday. If you're a regular listener to this show, this will be of no surprise to you. Palestinians have always been treated differently. We're silenced, we're oppressed, we're despised. And even at the last minute, there was a chance that we're going to be cancelled yet again. And these three Palestinians are travelling to Australia as American citizens on American passports. But all that means nothing if you're ethnically Palestinian. Don't be fooled that the controversy over the Adelaide Writers' Week is about one word or another or about what sort of Palestinians should be invited to speak, or how many of them, and whether they should be matched by Jewish or Israeli counterparts while speaking. It's actually about creating a smokescreen around Israel's conduct. As the flames grow higher in the West Bank, fanned by politicians who we spoke about earlier on, who talk about ethnic cleansing and the need for another Nakba, if you're worried about our words, about policing our language, but not worried about the crimes that says something about you and not about us. Stop silencing Palestinians. It's time to platform Palestinians. And you know what would be great? Pretend we're Ukrainian. Anyway, stay tuned for another song, Dummy Filistini. We'll be right back. على ديني على أرض تلاقيني أنا لهلي أنا فديهم أنا دم فلسطيني 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 أنا دم فلسطيني
was Muhammad Asaf, Arab idol winner with Anadami Palestini. My blood is Palestinian. Uh, a national rally and call and anthem for Palestinians today. Just as we wrap up the show, I think we should talk about the current protest movement that's happening inside Israel or 48 Palestine. And it's a protest movement that's really got nothing to do with the Palestinians or occupation or apartheid. It's about preserving this notion of democracy, the democracy that's available for for Jewish people. And it's not challenging settler colonialism. It's not challenging apartheid. It's not challenging Jewish supremacy over the Palestinians. And this protest movement has been spurned by Netanyahu's government and the justice minister in uh, the Knesset moving to put sweeping reforms into Israel's judicial system, system, and the basis of which is to nullify the Supreme Court. As we know, the basis of this is Benjamin Netanyahu trying to stay out of jail. Justice Minister Yariv Levin has announced these reforms, and what he's going to do is actually stack the court, pack it with political appointees, to make sure that apartheid, settler colonialism, and Jewish supremacy is maintained over the Palestinians, without a need to have any uh, form of recourse or appeal. And so this growing protest movement has arisen and it's civil disobedience uh, Israel style where everybody only cares about themselves. No one cares about the actual sin that is the dispossession of Palestine and the Nakba and the ongoing occupation and crimes against humanity. These protests are about one thing and one thing only, protecting Jewish supremacy, Jewish hegemony, Zionist control over Palestine and the Palestinians. And that's why Palestinians are not joining these demonstrations. Every now and again, we see some Jewish people in these protests raise a Palestinian flag where they're set upon by these people. Don't try and co-opt our protest. This is not about Palestine. This is about democracy. Well, Palestinians are not going to participate in this. In some quarters in Israel, the Palestinians are being admonished and criticised for not joining in the protests. How could you not be part of this? We've got to get Netanyahu and his people out of power. Well, the reality is Palestinians inside 48 understand that there is no difference. This is the same turd, just polished a different way. And it's time for Israelis of good conscience, of the world of good conscience, to hold out for a higher standard. This colonial project must end. We have to hold out for a better tomorrow. And a better tomorrow is a democratic state, separation of church and state, one person, one vote, equality under law for all, irrespective of what race, gender, identity you might have, and in particular as to how you might celebrate your God, and if you do celebrate God. And the faster that we can move towards a space where we're talking about that, and less about Netanyahu and Ben Gavir and Smotrich and all the other fascists and racists that exist within the Israeli apparatus, the sooner the better. The Palestine we want, the Palestine we're fighting for, is one that's free from the river to the sea for everyone. And by everyone, we mean every Jew, Christian, Muslim, Baha'i, Orthodox, whatever denomination you might be, even atheists, you're all welcome in that free Palestine. And we dream of this place that is free of every sort of ism, sexism, racism, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, etc. And in the words of the Beatles, you might say I'm dreaming, but I hope I'm not the only one. Thanks for listening. 
share the podcast, and remember, there's never been a better time for a free Palestine.